Welcome to Accent is Not That Cute. This is a podcast about English and all the struggles we have as a second language learners. I'm Gabby, I'm Brazilian, and on today's episode, I have a special guest. Yes, he's Canadian now. <laughs> no, just kidding, he's Brazilian, but he lives in Canada for almost three years now. And I invited him to talk about his struggles learning English, and he came. Check it out. He is from Brazil as well, which will be so weird to talk with him in English. He's half a Maya. It's another thing I want to say because I don't know how to say his name in um, American or Canadian accent. <laughs> I will say half. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Hafa. How are you? Hello. I'm good. How are you? It's going to be fun call you Gabby during this episode as well, because I know you as Gabby. It's crazy how when we move to another country, especially like, a, a, like an English-speaking country, we have to rethink our own names, right? So in Brazil, uh, I was Rafa or Rafael. Uh, but here in Canada, since I moved here, most people call me Raf, just R-A-F, Raf. Oh, Raf. This yeah. is red. Yeah, it's like weird. It took me a while to get used to it, but uh, it sounds more natural now. So I would say that uh, most people around me, like uh, Canadian relatives and friends, they all call me Raf. Yeah, I I knew Raf. Now it's Raf, not Hafa anymore. <laughs> <laughs> When we worked together in Brazil and we worked there for a while and then now he moved to Canada. How is life in Canada? Uh, it's pretty good. Um, as good as it can be right now, right? Like we're all like overcoming this pandemic and things are doing quite well here right now. Uh, um, all the businesses are, are reopening and the number of infections are not as bad as in some other places like Brazil, for example, unfortunately and the United States. But yeah, life has been pretty good here. I don't have much to complain. Okay, and when you decide to move to Canada, how was it? Uh, it wasn't very planned, actually. Uh, really? So we were working together in Brazil, and I decided that I needed a break from work and that I wanted to live the experience of living abroad for a while. It's something that I've always wanted to do. And I never had the chance to do it before. Um, so when I decided to quit my job in Brazil, um, the only immediate plan that I had was that I was coming to Canada to live here for a while. But, it, but my goal was just, just to stay here for one semester or something like that. Uh, but life happened, opportunities showed up, and I decided to embrace them. I just fell in love with the country. I didn't expect that I would like Canada as much as I did. And I happened to find my partner as well. So I was initially That's just coming awesome. to Canada to study for one semester. I was going to take English lessons like most people do, like most uh, international students do. And during that period, during that semester, I met my actual husband. Oh, this is so cute. I, I was saying to him before the interview that they are the cutest couple ever on my Facebook. I love 
see their pictures. It's so cute. It's so awesome. This story is so cool. Did you know English before, right? Um, I think I have a very similar background to yours. I think our life stories are, are very similar. Uh, I, I come from a Brazilian middle-class family. Uh, I had the opportunity to have English lessons at school. And by the time I was a teenager, around 13, 14 years old, mm -hmm. I started taking uh, English courses uh, as a side activity after school. Uh, and I did that for four or five years, maybe. Um, then I went to university and I didn't have the time anymore. I never really spoke English in Brazil. I, I think you can relate to that. Like uh, the conversation time that we have during our English lessons in Brazil is just so small. Like you, it's just such a short time. Uh, for and conversation. I think we will feel like so shy as well, right? So shy mm -hmm. to talk and speak English with people that don't understand that much too. And then like you're gonna learn with the teacher, but with your partners, your classmates it will be like more difficult, right? Yeah, and there is also the fact that it is a controlled environment. So there's always someone in the room who knows the language really well, who is your teacher. Mm -hmm. There's a bunch of people who don't know the language as well, uh, who are the students. As I said before, it's a controlled environment. We're always discussing very specific topics so we can work on the vocabulary related to those topics. Uh, but that's very different from real life. And once you move to a foreign country and you have the chance to experience uh, real life, everyday life, you find yourself having to communicate in a foreign language all the time, it's a totally different creature. It's just so different. There's nothing or there's very, very little that you can take from the experience of taking English lessons in your home country that you can really use when you get here and you have to speak English in everyday life. And the way to speak and uh, how fast they speak and to understand them, everything is different. Do you remember like the first struggle you had when you just moved to Canada? Oh, totally. Um, because as I said before, I had the chance to study English in Brazil for a few years. So I just had this crazy idea that it wouldn't be so difficult when I got here. And I just remember that during my first week in Canada, I just couldn't go to Subway and order a sandwich, for example. <laughs> uh, I just didn't know how to do it because I never had to do it before. Uh, so I remember going to Subway because I wanted to have a sandwich. And once I was there, I panicked. I was like, I didn't know how to name the ingredients or the kind of bread that I wanted. Uh, it was very hard, uh, but I realized that I wouldn't make it and that my English would not improve if I didn't force myself to do it. And I think that's the key, right? Uh, you have to persist. Yeah, it's so true. I have to, like, to talk, talk with people, right? And then like they eventually will teach you without knowing that, right? Because mm -hmm. sometimes they don't have patience because they notice your accent. And I was like so shy sometimes because of that. And the name of my podcast is Accents Not That Cute because 
because of that. Like sometimes people can't understand you. I remember I was talking with an American about saying something about Paul, Paul, the name Paul. And then the person looked at me like, what, Paul? What? what are you talking about? And I was like thinking about Paul McCartney and I thought this was the pronunciation, the correct one, but it wasn't. And he said, like, oh, Paul, like, like, wall, you know, like, and I was like, yeah, yeah, it's like Paul, whatever. <laughs> and and so, it's crazy how um, they can identify different sounds in different words that sound pretty much the same to us. It's so funny that you're talking about that because... Uh, before you called me, I was watching the last episode of Canada's Drag Race. Mm -hmm. And one of the queens that made it to the final was a French-Canadian queen. So French is her first language. Mm -hmm. But she had to record a song. She had to write and record a song in English. And she wasn't being able to uh, pronounce the word correctly. And she had a vocal coach in the studio with her uh, who was trying to show the difference between what she was saying and what the actual sound should be. Uh, and she was like, I can't hear any difference. <laughs> yeah, sometimes we can't. Like, it's just like so difficult. It's like my roommate used to uh, make fun of me about my ass pronunciation. In, mm -hmm. in like words like sponge or smoothie and he said like <laughs> i always put like an e before the s and this is because of my latin background you know like because mm -hmm. i speak portuguese so he make fun of me about this because something that we don't notice and it's like inside us and it's so difficult to like lose it yeah but that's one good tip like i hate recording myself and listening to the sound of my own voice but i do understand that this is a wonderful practice for you to understand how you sound and maybe try to find ways to improve it i remember that when i took english lessons in toronto we were doing that all the time mm -hmm. uh, so our teacher used to record our conversations and then we had to listen to ourselves and find our most common mistakes or mispronunciations, things that we could improve. Uh, so we usually did that in groups. So we sat together and we listened to our tapes and we had to give notes to each other. I would recommend to do that. Uh, before we, we started recording, I think I was mentioning to you that, I, that I've been hosting some online workshops right now. Yeah, this is uh, awesome. And it took me a while, actually, let's say over two months to take the courage to watch them. <laughs> I get it. So, but once I finally did it, it, it was good. It was actually good because even though I hate listening to my own voice, uh, I had a very positive uh, surprise in a sense that I realized that I wasn't speaking that bad, that my English wasn't that bad, mm -hmm. and that I could understand uh, most of what, what I was saying. But I also could identify some, um, some things to correct. So, for example, I feel like I tend to speak too fast sometimes, and when you do that in a foreign language, you end up saying some words that don't sound nearly as you wanted them to sound. Mm -hmm. 
because uh, it's just natural when you do that in your native language. But when you do that in English, for example, you just tend to say something that it's not going to sound nothing like what you actually uh, wanted. Yeah, I don't have this luxury to let it go on my podcast, for example, because I recorded and I edited this. So I have to listen, listen, listen again and again. Linda, listen, 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 you. listen, Linda. I totally noticed this when I listen to it and I see all my errors all the time. And they see like grammar errors or pronunciation errors. It's insane how good it is like to listen to yourself. It's really good. But how does it feel to you? How do you react to that? Listen to something that you recorded and you feel like you made some mistakes. I'm just asking because I know that I used to feel very ashamed in the beginning, but now I just start I just started getting used to it. I just feel like it's part of my evolution as a as an English speaker. I'm gonna keep on making mistakes until I'm not making them anymore. In the beginning, I felt ashamed too. God damn it, I can't. You know, like sometimes, like I just can't, and I I forget about the it. You know, I forget about some things, little things that makes difference for native speakers. Whatever, you know, whatever. I'm I'm learning to, you know, and I used to think, okay, I speak two languages. So if you're criticizing my English, come here and let's speak Portuguese for a little bit. And once you can have a conversation in Portuguese, I respect you. You know, you're <laughs> absolutely correct. Yes. <laughs> right? Because it is what it is. We're learning. And I think I will learn forever. And a lot of words I won't pronunciation correctly. Never ever. Because my ears are not training for this. I think like now I feel fluent. But I will never say this. I will never say like I'm a fluent person in English. I don't know. It's just like insecurities, I guess. Yeah, and that's okay. It's just like insecurities that we have to find ways to overcome them. I remember feeling very shy to talk to people when I moved here. And, and I also fear, feeling very ashamed whenever I made some any mistake. But I realized that I, I should not be afraid of making mistakes because that's part of learning, right? And improving. If you don't, as I said before, if you don't force yourself to go out there, talk to people, people who are not from the same background as you, because of course that you and I, we can understand our, our mistakes uh, more easily because we have the same background. Mm -hmm. So we're going to sound pretty much the same. We're, we tend to make the same mistakes. But it's important that you, and this is a, I think this is the, uh, the number one uh, beginner mistake when you move to a foreign country. You try to find people from the same country as you, and you just stay attached to that group. You're uh, so just like us, you would always be going out with other Brazilian people. And that's the most terrible mistake you can make because you're not going to improve. If you're surrounded by people from the same country like you all, all the time, then you're more likely to speak your native language and not English. And that's not going to help you evolve. 
Yeah, this is funny that you mentioned that because my move was the opposite. I'm in Portland, Oregon. It's like almost Canada <laughs> because it's so up there in the United States on the West Coast. So I would stay there for six months. I don't want to talk with Brazilians, with people, Hispanic people, because I know once like I start struggling with English and I don't know how to speak, People like would talk with me in Portuguese or in Spanish or something like that. And so I avoid everything. So at my school, I made a lot of friends from Saudi Arabia. And so I had to speak English or I stay quiet because they're like speaking Arabic around me or English with me. So I had to. So around me, it was like just Americans. And at school, I just had like my people from Saudi Arabia. That they were my friends. So um, one thing that I want to ask you about the accent, the Canadian accent, which things you like see the most difference between Canadian accent and American accent or British? Or... Um, what I noticed since I moved here is that there is not one single Canadian accent because oh. I think that the, the number one issue uh, about Canada is that this is a multicultural and diverse country. Mm -hmm. uh, and also we should remember that Canada has two official languages, uh, English and French. So, for example, I live in Ottawa now. I've been living in Ottawa since uh, 2018. So I live in the capital of the country where both languages are widely spoken because of public services and blah, blah, blah. And I live literally like one bridge away from uh, Quebec. It's the Canadian province where French is the, the, the first language. So I feel like Ottawa, where I live, is a kind of a mix of accents, you know, because you have... People who live here, but they were born French-Canadian. They have their French-Canadian-English accent. And at the same time, you have people who are from Ontario, the province where I live. English is their first language, so it's a different accent. Oh, wow. And uh, on the top of that, you have all the immigrants and refugees who are such an important part of this country. And they all have different accents as well. This is crazy. Did you speak French? Did you learn something in French? I am starting to learn French now, uh, which is very challenging because uh, French is one of the official languages of Canada. It's mostly spoken on Quebec, but they also have their own French accent. Mm. So it's not only a matter of learning French as it is spoken in France. Mm -hmm. uh, you, you also have to try to learn their accent, and this is still very challenging to me. Oh my God, this is crazy. Okay. Yeah. So I, I've been studying by my own, but now I, I've just uh, started taking some uh, online lessons and I will be taking like a more um, a proper program of French lessons uh, as of next week. Actually, my first, my first lesson is next week and it goes until January. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, I was talking with a friend. He speaks... A bunch of languages like Russian, French, and Spanish, and he knows a little bit of Portuguese, but he cannot talk with anyone. And he was telling me the French language is so similar to Portuguese, and I said, like, really? Because I was teaching him like some words in Portuguese, and he said, like, oh, this is in French is like that too. It's like this, like that. I said, like, 
Okay, maybe it's like easier for us to learn French. I don't know. Well, I, I can tell a story that's kind of backwards because, well, my partner is he's Canadian. He was born here in Canada, uh, but he was born in Ontario. English is his first language, but he also attended uh, French lessons uh, at school. And now because we're together, he's learning Portuguese. Uh-huh. And as he's learning Portuguese and his studies uh, by himself, uh, been mostly, going? mostly on Duolingo, he's doing pretty well. Uh, but I, he, he tells me all the time that uh, he can uh, make the same kind of connections between French and Portuguese that your friend uh, mm-hmm. was making. And he tells me that he actually thinks that the, the Portuguese pronunciation is easier than French's. Oh, wow. I thought it's, the opposite, right? It's been easier for him to learn Portuguese than it was to speak uh, French in the past. I have a question for you. Do you dream in Portuguese or in English? And like when you think, you think in Portuguese, you think in English. <laughs> I think that when I dreamed, now there's a mix of both. Because whenever I dream of people that I know from Canada only, people who I never talked to in, in Portuguese, then I, I dream in English. But regarding the thinking process, I was listening to the previous episodes of your podcast and I do feel your pain. I totally understand your struggle, like holding a conversation with people whose native language is English is very challenging because even though the entire conversation is going on, uh, is happening in English, you can't help but think in Portuguese, structure sentences in Portuguese in your head, then you translate them and you try to say them as correctly as you can in English. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. I feel like now it's becoming easier uh, to me to think in English in the first place. I, I don't feel like this process of structuring whatever I want to say in in Portuguese, translating it and then saying it in English is so important anymore. I feel like my brain is starting to process uh, whatever I have to say in English first. Uh, I think this is a good sign of how I am evolving, right? Yeah, I noticed this too. I think now I think more in English than in Portuguese, but it's so strange. Another day I was, I don't know, I think I was like facing timing my parents and someone texted me here. And then I was like answering the text in English and talk to my mom in Portuguese. And I think like, yeah, I think now I'm bilingual. <laughs> <laughs> One thing that I get, my, uh, I, I get myself doing uh, more often now is that there are all these English idioms, right? Which are these expressions that we also have in Portuguese, mm-hmm. but they are totally different in Portuguese than they are in English. So, for example, we have in Portuguese, achado não é roubado, which mm-hmm. in English would be finders keepers. Uh, it's a totally different construction. It's a totally different sentence that has a similar meaning. So sometimes I find myself writing my some stuff in Portuguese and trying to find ways to say in Portuguese things that I'm actually 
thinking in English first. It's kind of backwards, you know? <laughs> Sometimes I get myself speaking or writing in Portuguese, but I'm, I'm thinking in English first. It's, it's very tricky. Yeah, it happens with me too. Like, the process is like so crazy. I think sometimes when I have to talk with someone in English, I'm thinking English and I have to change the language when I like, I'm start to talk with someone in Portuguese. It, it's super weird. And this thing about the sentences, I have this with words. Sometimes some words in Portuguese are similar to English and just like change the pronunciation. So sometimes I don't know the word and then like I translate like the portunhol, but I, it's like a Porto English. <laughs> Or how we call it in Brazil, the embromation. Yeah, I just like, I think I want to say that, but I don't think this is English. I think I'm inventing this word because I'm translating for, from Portuguese. Yeah, it's really tricky. Yeah, one thing that makes it easier Uh, to me is that I have like a living dictionary here living with me who is my partner and uh-huh. I have very open discussions with him regarding my limitations when speaking English and I as soon as we started dating I just gave him 100% permission to correct me and he does that all the time and I thank him for that most of the times I react well To his correction sometimes i feel like i don't but i know that he only does that because i asked him to do so and that's very impo- that's very important to me because you might as well have someone who loves you and respects you correcting you because you ask that person to do that then experiencing uh, uncomfortable situations in the street talking to a stranger who's not going to treat you uh, respectfully as your partner will. Uh, so it's nice to have someone home who's given me uh, an everyday opportunity to learn and improve and, and who someone who I have really open conversations about my mistakes, my mispronunciations. And as you were saying, Sometimes you say a word that you believe it is correct in English, but that word doesn't even exist in English. You mm-hmm. just just thought it did. And he's like, what did you say? I, I didn't get that. If I were to recommend people uh, or give another tip to people on how to improve, uh, it would be like if you have someone, if you have a friend, if you have someone you trust, and someone you believe that speaks the language better than you, just do that. Like, give that person an open authorization to correct you and to point your mistakes as respectfully as possible to tell you how you should do better, how you should improve. Yeah, this is so important. So important. It's so good to have, like, a native speaker with you all the time. Then you can, like, discuss. And this is, like, in a relationship is even worse, right? Because all the discussions and all the fights, everything is in English. So you, this, like, helps to improve your English as well, right? Uh, for sure. And it's also, like, another level of uh, knowledge that you kind of have to force yourself to 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 learn because well uh when i first came here or even when i was studying english in brazil i never thought that i would have to hold like serious conversations or discussions 
with a partner or with someone who is so close to me. I, I don't know if I remember like the first discussions that we had, how did that go? But I I just have this feeling that it was very challenging to me. Like whenever we had episodes where we uh, I had really serious and important things to say, I was kind of training in my head first, you know, I was kind of <laughs> rehearsing what I what I was going to say <laughs> because I just wanted to make that as clear as possible when the time was right. <laughs> Did you use the Google Translator for something? <laughs> when you really, really want to be understood and then like, no, wait, I have to translate that because... You know. I still do that, actually. Sometimes we are... Uh, because that's what uh, the magic of living in a foreign country is, right? you find yourself having to hold conversations on topics that you never imagined before. So there are moments that you realize that I never had to say this word before, so I don't know how it is in English. Mm -hmm. uh, All the time. So, it's so great that now we have devices and apps like Google Translator who can give you the answer right away. No, and that thing on Google Translator, you put like the word and they have like the mouth shows you how to pronounce, like how to make the moves. It's so incredible. Yeah, that's incredible. But I just get myself doing that all the time because sometimes we're having conversations about food or about gardening, decoration, house chores. And uh, <laughs> I just find myself figuring out how to say words that I never had to say before in English. It's just like, I'm sorry, I need a break here. I had to get my phone and translate it because I never had to say that before. Yeah, it's true. And then you'll never forget <laughs> that word. You never right? forget. And one thing that also helped me a lot, I kind of think that people should find ways to do it that, uh, not necessarily the same way that I did. When I moved to Canada, because my partner is an artist, he's an actor and a musician, uh, I instantly got involved with a lot of uh, volunteering gigs in the local arts community, especially in theater. Mm -hmm. uh, so I was working in different theater plays. And the thing about theater is that it forces you to undergo a repetition scheme. I had to read the same script and I had to watch the same play every night for like three or four weeks. And that repetition of the same words, the same sentences, the same dialogues that helped me improve my vocabulary uh, incredibly well. Like, oh, wow. so I think that's something we don't do very often, but I would recommend people to do. Like if you don't have the chance to volunteer in theater gigs like I did, just pick a show that you like. It can be, I don't know, Friends, Seinfeld, it doesn't matter. And try to watch that show over and over and over again because the repetition really helps. Yeah, and then I think it's a good tip too if you don't know English that well, uh, watch with the subtitles. But the subtitles, subtitles in English, don't put subtitles your... Close You're a native and language because, you know, it won't help you this way. I think that's a great tip. Like, you should watch your shows, your favorite shows, over and over again. Because if it's a show that you like, you probably won't mind watching it again. But watch it with English subtitles or closed caption. And, and you will realize that the more you watch it, 
the less you will need the subtitles. And that's something that I realized since I moved here, I was watching the news and I was watching cable every day with closed caption. We still do. And it's kind of important to me sometimes that I do it so I can understand a few words and sentences. Mm -hmm. But I feel that I, I feel like I that I don't depend on the subtitles anymore. It's just getting easier for me to just listen and assimilate the message, understand what is being said without even looking at the subtitles. Yeah, I can't. I, I don't need the subtitles anymore. I'm so proud of it. I don't need it. I really don't. And I can understand everything. Like one TV show I was like struggling with this. It was Normal People. And the guy okay. is from like... I think Scotland. So he has a thick accent. And so when people have thick accents like this, like so difficult to understand, then sometimes like, okay, maybe I should put some subtitles here like to understand better. But otherwise I can't understand. And I think like about TV shows, one thing that helped me a lot was like stand-up comic. Mm -hmm. Oh my God, helps me a lot because they speak so fast and you have like to understand the joke and you have to pay attention really careful, you know, and this is like something that helped me a lot. And but there's a lot of play with words as well, right? This is what comedy is like. It's just these jokes that play with different meanings of the same word. If you watch comedy shows or stand-up comedy shows, like you were saying, you kind of force yourself to learn different meanings to different expressions or different different meanings to the same word. That's really cool. Once we are talking about tips, uh, do you have some tips for people to study English for free? Because uh, in the end of every episode, I try to say like some tips to study English for free. Well, if you're not here, I would say uh, try to find online groups. I think this is becoming more and more common. People are connecting uh, through social media, people with mutual interests. For example, I, because of my partner, I know a group of people who, who are trying to learn Portuguese. And they created this Facebook group where they just support each other with different Portuguese questions. Uh, and they try to find ways to hold online conversation, just conversation, how would you name it? Like conversation lessons, if you will. It's, mm -hmm. not a, it's, not, it's not really a lesson. It's more like I am supporting you and you are supporting me back. And something that I know that happens uh, quite often here in Canada is that people get together in public libraries for rounds of conversations either in French or English. If you're living outside Brazil, it doesn't matter where you are, try to find local people in your town uh, who are trying to learn the same language that you are trying to learn, in this case, English, people who are trying to learn English, and try to figure out a way for you guys to get together and just practice. Like if there's not a formal connection going on, like a Facebook group, as I mentioned before, you can always create it. You can always be the person who, who is going to connect other people with the same interest as you. Get together and know that current times are harder to get together because of COVID. But if you can't go out and be like in person discussing or in 
are learning a language with other people, you can always do that online through Zoom or Skype or Google Meet because practicing is key. But if you don't force yourself to speak, you're not going to improve. Do you have like Meetup in Canada? You know this app? Yes, it exists here. I have tried once uh, for French, but it was just a time that I was very busy. I didn't actually have the time to meet people. But it, it, it exists here and it, I believe it works pretty well, actually. Yeah, I went to some groups. Uh, for you that doesn't know what Meetup is, it's an app and you can put your interests there. And then you can meet people with the same interest in, like, oh, I want to speak English, for example. And then you meet them there and then you talk and then you practice. It's really true. Practice is the key. There's nothing you can do like to improve your English if you don't talk with people. I know the times are hard now for people to practice, especially like if you have just moved to a foreign country. Uh, well, because of COVID and all these social inter uh, restrictions. So yes, that kind of sucks. It's probably not the best moment to do that. But if you're living in a place where COVID is really bad right now and you can't go out and talk to people, make new friends, try to find ways to do that online. Yeah, for sure. And I think the meetup, they are doing this too with the groups there with COVID. They are like trying to meet online and do some things like that. It's a great opportunity if you don't have this in your country, like to meet in person, you can use the app and then like meet people from everywhere. Right. Yeah. And something that also Uh, really helped me and that I highly recommend to any Brazilian or any person who is living abroad, try to find ways to volunteer. Because maybe depending on where you work or what you do for a living, you don't have the opportunity to have or to hold really long conversations, long and meaningful conversations with people. Like if you're a barista or a coffee shop, all you have to do is take orders. You're going to prepare a drink and you're gonna hand the drink to your client and it's gonna say thank you have a nice day and that's it you don't really have the time to hold long and meaningful conversations but when you volunteer and you're probably gonna have more opportunities to meet nice people um, make friends maybe so since i moved here two years ago i volunteered a lot not only in the theater community but also in music festivals uh, theater festivals i was working in different in different positions working as an usher or, and also selling tickets working backstage in music concerts doing the most different activities you can imagine and just connecting to people and using any free time that I had in between tasks to talk to these people and learn a bit more about them, talk a little about myself that you might not have the opportunity to have in your workplace, depending on what you work with. Yeah, it's really true. Okay, Raf, now I have to call you Raf, <laughs> not Hafa anymore. Uh, yeah, we're talking a bunch already. And thank you so much for this conversation. I think it was so great to have you Thanks here. Thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah, it was like so great. I'm like starting this podcast because 
I think a lot of people can relate with our struggles because for me it was like so difficult to learn English and I'm still struggling with this and I think it'll be like this forever. Learn a language you have to want so bad and you have to put work on it. And I think we're doing that and I hope we can inspire people to speak and don't be shy and just like let it go of these concerns and like just just talk nice uh, then again thank you for having me if anyone who's listening to this episode wants to connect and maybe talk to me i'm totally open to help you practice english if you feel like i can be any helpful Or if you want to know anything about my life here in Ottawa, you can follow me on Instagram. You find me at CaptoRaf, C-A-P-I-T-A-L-R-A-F. I can't believe I just uh, spelled that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I can leave on the description too, like people yeah. can like click on that. And my final advice to people is like, don't be afraid to make mistakes uh, on your struggles own your accent and understand that the more you force yourself, the more you challenge yourself to learn and improve, the more this is going to be true, the better speaker you will become. If you're that kind of person who's always afraid to talk to people, to connect with people, and then you're never going to improve and you're not going to evolve and you're not going to become the good speaker that you want to be. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Thank you so much. I want to invite you to... Okay, thank you so much, Rafa. And I hope you enjoyed this time too. Thank you, Gabby. Okay, bye. See you. Oh my God, I'm so happy that he was here with us. I hope you enjoyed this conversation as well, that you can learn something from us. And if you want to send me some tips or some struggles, I have a number that you can call me and leave a message, 503-893-2105. If you don't know what O means, when I say 503, it means zero. So when people say 503, it means 503, okay? And you can send me an email as well, mycuteaccent at gmail.com. I really hope you enjoyed this conversation. I love to talk with him and to know a little bit about Canada and about his struggles with English as well. And that's it. See you all.